The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. Truly I tell you, anyone who doesn't enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens it for him and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought all his own outside, he goes ahead of them. The sheep follow him because they know his voice. They will never follow a stranger. Instead, they will run away from him, from him because they don't know the voice of strangers. Jesus gave them this figure of speech, but they did not understand what he was telling them. Jesus said again, Truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep didn't listen to them. I am the gate. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved, and he will come in and go out and find pasture. A thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come so that they may have life and have it in abundance. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand, since he is not the shepherd and doesn't own the sheep, leaves them and runs away when he sees a wolf coming. The wolf then snatches and scatters them. This happens because he is a hired, man, hired hand and doesn't care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. I lay down my life for the sheep, but I have other sheep that are not from the sheep pen. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. Then there will be one flock, one shepherd. This is why the Father loves me, because I lay down my life so that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down on my own. I have the right to lay it down, and I have the right to take it up again. I receive this command from my Father, the Gospel of the Lord. Well, good morning. It's so good to be with you today. My name is Paul. I'm the senior pastor here at One Fellowship. And I just need to share two bits of information before we dive into our passage. First, Mel told me, she goes, I had one prayer request this week, just one, that I would read scripture before I go back to Kenya. See, Mel's a missionary, and lo and behold, we didn't know you longed to read scripture, and God just set it up. So we're glad you read scripture and that you're heading back to Kenya. Your family will be praying for you. She's going to head back to Kenya. She spends half her year in Kenya in the bush proclaiming the good news of Jesus. That's the first bit of information. The second bit of information is I was voluntold here in the service that I'm going to be in some dunk tank. Um, yeah, Cody, that, that's really humorous. I see your hands. So on June 6th, we're going to have food trucks and all this fun stuff. We're going to have one service at 10 a.m. in face painting, and they tell me a dunk tank that I'm going to sit in. So um, who would you rather see, Cody or me in the dunk tank? All right, Cody, raise your hand. Paul, raise your hand. Oh, gosh. That's rough. That just happened. Uh, if you would, let's bow our heads. I'm going to share one more brief word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, may the words of my mouth 
in the meditations of our hearts. Be pleasing in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. And in the oldest prayer of the church, I pray, come, Holy Spirit, come. In Jesus' name, amen. The title of our sermon today is The Good Shepherd, and I'd like to begin by asking everyone this question. Have you ever met a person who is passionately protective of their loved ones? Give me a wink. If you've ever met someone who's passionately protective of their loved ones, meet Tom Vellner, my father-in-law. Now some of you, some of you may recognize Tom from his hit movie series, Die Hard. Now obviously I'm kidding. But ever since I heard about Tom and actually met Tom, Tom has reminded me of Bruce Willis. Quiet, intimidating, and oh, so protective of his family. You see, when Carly and I first started dating in college, she told me how her dad had actually treated her dates in high school. Now check this out. When they would come to the door to pick her up, he would purposely work out in the basement, lift weights. Then he would come to the door in a tank top and ask for their license. And he was quite muscular at the time. Next, this is all true, he would sit them down and and ask them, uh, sir, do you know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? And then he'd interview them about their spiritual journey. Next, he would say, if you drink and drive, you will never see my daughter again. And if you do anything to Carly, my daughter, that she doesn't want done, I will find you. And then he would just hold their eyes and say, have a nice night. Quite the introduction, right? You see, Tom loves his daughter and would do anything for her. And I believe there's a certain beauty and holiness in a father's protective love. Now as we turn our attention to John 10, we see that this same kind of love is what defines Jesus. Our passage says Jesus knows us. He delights in us. He protects us. He provides for us in a world full of people making promises they cannot keep. Jesus' voice stands above the rest, offering us safety and peace. So this leads us to our big idea, our big takeaway for today. While many promise to care for us, there is one who has given his life for us, and his name is Jesus. We're going to unpack this truth through two points. Point one, as the good shepherd, Jesus knows everything about us. And point two, as the good shepherd, Jesus gave everything to protect us. So let's dive in. Pittsford, you ready? Bailey? All right. Point one, as the good shepherd, Jesus knows everything about us. The passage begins, truly I tell you, anyone who doesn't enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in in some other way is a thief and a robber. 
The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens it for him, and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he's brought all his own outside, he goes ahead of them. The sheep follow him because they know his voice. And then in verse 14 and verse 15, we read, And I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. So, a little more participation from you guys this morning. Do we have any sheep herders here today? Raise your hand. Believe it or not, the last time I preached about sheep, a guy comes up to me and he's like, I'm visiting from North Carolina and I'm a sheep herder. <laughs> That's the first. Well, since we don't have any sheep herders here today, let me provide a little background information about sheep from the research I've done. First, being described as sheep is not so much a flattering term, but an honest term. You see, sheep are rather helpless and foolish. They're known to wander off and get lost, and they have virtually no way of providing for themselves or even protecting themselves. And they can be quite stubborn. It's been recorded that if they get caught in a bind, physically caught in a bind, they won't back up. They'll just continue to work their way forward and sometimes die through their stubbornness. The point being, sheep need a shepherd. They need someone who will look after them and provide for them. They need someone who will keep danger at bay. And this leads me to shepherds, especially shepherds from biblical times. Now, unlike the pictures we see from Hollywood films where you see these wranglers on horses with whips and dogs and leading from behind, no, the, the biblical picture is quite different. You see, in a biblical lens, shepherds would uh, lead through intimacy and affection, and they'd lead from the front, not from behind, and they'd lead on foot. Moreover, if a, a sheep had a unique quality, say a unique coat, it might be called fuzzy. Come here, fuzzy. If it had unique markings, it might be called spot. Come here, spot. If it had a unique personality, it might be called uh, Captain Sassy Pants. You get the picture. There is intimacy and affection between a shepherd and his sheep. And what's really interesting is sheep are quite social, actually more social than humans, and can recognize a voice they trust. In fact, it's said that even in mixed, excuse me, even when mixed in with other sheep and a lot of flocks, and there are other voices of other shepherds, sheep can recognize and return to the voice of their own shepherd. That one voice they've learned to listen to and trust. And it's in this ancient context of a shepherd and his sheep, that Jesus shared these words. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. You see, the point is this. Jesus is making two uh, declarations about himself, that he's divine in his sovereignty, and through him we have unimaginable intimacy. Just so we know how clear Jesus is making this point, that he's both sovereign 
and intimate as he relates to his sheep, we need to understand the exact language he uses here again and again and again. Catch this. Jesus plants a divine declaration about himself right in the heart of our illustration. And he does this over and over again, actually in the Gospel of John. He uses this term reserved for God alone from Exodus 3. We've studied it here over the last couple months. And it is, I am. Or pulled out further, I am who I am. Or ego and me in the original language. And it's a title that would be reserved for God alone or amongst the Israelites. And thus what Jesus is saying is, I am the good shepherd. And he wants us to know in saying that, that he's claiming to be God himself. And in claiming to be God himself, he's committing to knowing his sheep, delighting in his sheep, protecting his sheep, and providing for his sheep. Put simpler, Jesus is saying that if we trust him and allow him to be our shepherd, we will experience safety and unimaginable intimacy. Let me ask, do you long for safety and unimaginable intimacy today in your life? Reflecting on the personal knowledge and intimacy we can share with the Lord King, David would write these words earlier in the Old Testament in Psalm 139. For you, Lord, created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. In reflecting on our passage, Jesus makes clear that this kind of divine and unimaginable intimacy is now found in him. As the good shepherd, Jesus knows everything about us. This leads us to point two. As the good shepherd, Jesus gave everything to protect us. Now shifting gears, as captured in the article, the plight of the lost should disturb us. On January 13, 2012, the massive Costa Concordia cruise ship with more than 4,200 passengers and crew on board, was sailing off the coast of Italy on a tour of the Mediterranean Sea. The captain deviated from his planned course, and the ship struck a reef near the shore. After taking on water for a while, the ship began to sink. Abandoning his duty to the passengers and crew, Captain Francesco Chattino... I don't know if I'm saying that right, but the captain left the ship instead of remaining to make sure everyone could be rescued. In a phone conversation, the local Coast Guard commander repeatedly pressed the captain for an update on the situation. Quote, tell me if there are women, children, and people in there. 
and failing to receive a satisfactory reply, he ordered the captain to return to the ship. And the captain responded, you realize it's dark and we can't see anything. To which the Coast Guard commander shouted back, you've been telling me that for an hour. Now get back on board. The captain was later arrested for his failure to do his duty, resulting in the death of more than 30 people, and he's been sentenced to 16 years in jail. This is not the kind of leader you want looking out for you, is it? In contrast, Jesus says these words, Leslie, I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep, The hired hand, since he is not the shepherd and doesn't own the sheep, leaves them and runs away when he sees a wolf coming. The wolf then snatches and scatters them. This happens because he's a hired hand and doesn't care about the sheep. I lay down my life for the sheep, but I have other sheep that are not from the sheep pen. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. There will be one flock In one shepherd, this is why the Father loves me, because I lay down my life so that I may take it up again. You see it? Now, we're meant to notice two things as we read this part of our passage. First, the word good, which is repeated multiple times to describe Jesus' character. He's not just a shepherd. He's the good shepherd, right? And elsewhere in the Bible, this same word is translated beautiful or worthy. In other words, Sophia, we can read this passage. He is the beautiful shepherd, the worthy shepherd. And this leads us to ask, why? Scott, why is he beautiful? Why is he worthy? Why should we listen to Jesus' voice above all other voices? Well, look at what Jesus then says multiple times. As the good shepherd, I lay down my life for the sheep. In other words, what Jesus is saying is that when the wolves come, they won't get you, they'll get me. Now to fully appreciate what Jesus is saying, It's helpful to know how sheep were kept at night. Now listen to this, especially those who are visual. You see, they would sleep in pens, often made of stone walls, with one single uh, space as an exit and an entrance into the pen. And often these pens didn't have actual gates. Rather, the shepherds would sleep across these openings and serve as human gates to keep their sheep safe from harm. Thus, if danger did ever come for the sheep, it would first have to cross the body of the shepherd. And in perhaps the most haunting and beautiful declaration of all time, Jesus says in our passage that he's come to give his life for his sheep. Jesus says that he's come to give up his body for you and for me. Do you see it? 
Now reflecting on the power of such sacrifice and reflecting on the crucifixion itself, the Apostle Paul would later write, you see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. See, Cooper, as the good shepherd, Jesus gave everything to protect us. As the good shepherd, he laid down his life to save you and me. So what are we to do with this passage and this message? Three things. A first good place to start is to acknowledge that we're all like sheep. We're all helpless and foolish in some way. And if you don't believe that, just remember this sermon. When you're zoning out on the internet looking at things you should not be looking at, You're binging on food you know you should not be eating. You're thinking about things you should not be thinking about. And you're saying things you know you shouldn't be talking about. It can be quite liberating to acknowledge that we aren't and will never be superheroes. Rather, we're more like sheep. And next, might I suggest that you pay attention to what voices fill your heart Excuse me, your head and your home. There are plenty of people like the captain of the Costa Concordia who will promise you a nice day on the sea only to abandon you when your ship hits a rock. Here's the thing. Young people especially tune into this. Here's the thing. Not a single person or product will be able to fill the longings of your heart. Not your parents, not your partner, not your peers, and not even your pastor. I said it. This leads me to a third takeaway, a third reflection. We each must decide what to make of Jesus. He either is the good shepherd, the great I am, the one who laid down his life for his sheep, or he's not. By his own words, Jesus cannot simply be a good teacher, a good leader, or simply a good moral figure to follow. He either is the voice we can trust above all voices, bringing unrivaled intimacy and safety, or he is something else entirely. And friends... My decision is made. Jesus is not just the good shepherd who laid down his life for his sheep. He's my good shepherd who knows me completely and still laid down his life for me. So this morning, join me in embracing this incredible truth for your life today. While many promise to care for us, there's actually one who gave his life for us. Gave his life for you, Tiger. For you, Maddie. 
for you, Charlie, for you, Ron. And his name is Jesus. I am the good shepherd and I lay down my life for the sheep. And this is good news. Let us pray. God, we thank you that you sent your son to not only live for us, but to give his life for us, to proclaim that he is the good shepherd and to see it through. God, would you break through the walls of our hearts, shake us free where we're stuck, provide for us, protect us, help us to hear your voice above all the voices in the room, all the voices in our lives, all the voices in our world for our satisfaction and for your glory, we pray in Jesus' name, amen.